Hello, and welcome to episode 136 of the CogniCast, the podcast by Cognitech Inc. about software and the people who create it. This week, we have the second of our two episodes recorded at the 2017 Conj. At the Conj, hosts Timothy Baldridge and Karen Meyer spent some time on the hallway track and came away with a number of conversations with the people who make the Conj the Conj. But before we get started, we do have a few announcements. The Enclosure Conference is happening on the 12th and 13th of January, I guess that's this week, in Bangalore, India. Details are at hcpenclosure.org, that's I-N-C-L-O-J-U-R-E dot org. There's a closure meetup happening on Wednesday, January 31st in the lovely city of Vienna, Austria. Go to meetup.com slash closure dash Vienna for all the details. Also, the CFP is closing on January 30th for Comcast Labs Functional Programming Conference. The conference will be held on March 9th in my hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So go to HTTP Comcast Labs Connect FP, that's all one word, .comcast.com or maybe Google that one for all the details. There's also a closure meetup in Amsterdam on Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, in fact. For details, see meetup.com slash the-amsterdam-closure-meetup-group, or maybe Google that one, too. Also in Amsterdam, the Dutch Closure Days has announced their conference for Saturday, April 21st. Sponsorship packages are available, and the CFP is open until the end of February. That's uh, httpclosuredays.org. Finally, as far as I can see, there are currently no Closure Bridge events on the schedule, so now would be a great time to consider planning an event for your city. Go to closurebridge.org for more information. Well, that's about it, so on to Tim and Karen in episode 136 of the Cognicast. It is intimidating. I hate mics, but yeah. All right, we'll start with your name. Hi, I'm Lily Go. Okay. And who do you work for? Um, my partner and I have a company called Perrin. Oh, we have Perrin.com. So it's a nice we're fans. Yeah, we're fans <laughs> of parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, how long have you been working with Clojure? Um, professionally about two years, but I had slowly transitioned from my painful JavaScript life into ClojureScript. So, yeah, I first learned about Closure and ClojureScript about three, three, yeah, about three years ago. Is this your first conj that you've been to, or have you been to one before? Um, this is my first conj, but I spoke at Closure West, ah, okay. so in March. Okay. So what do you, what do you think about the, the conj this year? Um, it was definitely bigger mm -hmm. than Closure West. Um, I guess I get to meet Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just like... It's not like he's a celebrity and everything, but yeah, that was really fun. Cool. Uh, any uh, favorite talks so far? Um, it's gonna sound weird if I say uh, it's a rich talk. Yeah, 
feel like it's really packed with things that I have like I feel like I agree with time because of experience that I have done this work but if I have never done that before and I was just listening I'll just take it for granted but I feel like it's just packed with a lot of crystallized information that some of it that I can just take on and some of it I have to just like process and mm -hmm. think more about it so I think it's a very deep talk which I really appreciate yeah and you mentioned that you uh, gave a talk at Closure West right. and what was that on uh, closure script in your pocket so mm -hmm. that was react native closure script GraphQL uh, closure backend with atomic mm -hmm. yeah. that's 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 an awesome stack. That I've used that sort of stuff a couple times. That's that's it's fantastic. Leading edge. Yes. Leading yes. Excellent. Yeah. yeah so it's um, closure's birthday. So um, is there anything particularly about the language that uh, you enjoy or it resonates with you? Yeah, I, I like the simplicity of closure. Um, it's always something that really simple yet very powerful, um, and certainly you know coming from JavaScript. I can definitely appreciate that a lot. Um, I think I just, can just go on and talk to you about two hours about why <laughs> I should, you know, you should be using ClojureScript. Actually, I gave a talk at uh, Forward JS uh, two, 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 three months ago about why JavaScript people should be using ClojureScript. So give us a couple couple pointers on that. I mean, like I unfortunately didn't come from the JavaScript background. I was more of a you know C sharp and Python and that sort of thing. So what's what's a good set of talking points for for people in JavaScript that um, kind of sell them? You should see my talk. Not, that, I should. I should. Uh, so so the, the, that talk was at a JavaScript conference. You said yeah, Forward JS in San Francisco. Okay, and what what was the name of that, or how can we kind of find it's that? It's called uh, Whitewash Script. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we'll. Uh, Go, go watch that. Right? Yeah, 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 great. Uh, so is there anything uh, that you're excited about that you want to talk about? Um, I guess like I feel like I'm a minority in, in, you know, like a lot of people who transitioned to Clojure came from like a Java, you know, Java or some people like C and the front end, you know, not, not so many. So I guess I, I, I was very excited to see Antonio talk. Um, because that's the talk that I was, I can reason about and definitely can just take on and use in my day-to-day -day life. Um, I wish there's more of the front-end people here. Mm. Yeah, so that's something that I would like to see in the next college. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that is something that uh, is an interesting point is that a lot of the, there's different themes. I think the theme more or less this, uh, Conj was, uh, you know, 10 years looking back, that sort of thing, but also machine learning's been real big and a lot of stuff, but there hasn't been, and there's been some talks on JavaScript, but not a whole lot about um, new UI toolkits mm -hmm. and, and, and that sort of thing, and, um, and you're right, we don't, we don't see a lot of people coming from, from that area, um, so maybe we need, need to do more evangelism there, perhaps. Yeah, so thank you for doing evangelism in the JavaScript community, we need that, so thank you. Yeah. Also, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Why don't you start out with your name and like where you work and like a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Harley Swick. I uh, work at a small startup in Dallas, Texas called EAM.AI. Um, we do data science targeted towards kind of tax accounting. 
So it's pretty niche field, but it's kind of like an untapped potential. So it's kind Excellent. Of is that is that uh, for a government group you're marketing this to, or for for individuals? Um, mostly corporations. So we actually came out of uh, PricewaterhouseCooper. That's uh, so originally um, our group was part of that, and so that's kind of like what the projects we were doing. But then we realized that we could kind of do more outside of um, that company, and because uh, a lot of companies need analytics on tax stuff, so. Excellent. Cool. So uh, what, what number conj is this for you? This is my first conj, actually, so I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I've been watching Closure TV for like four years now, like pretty much about as long as I've been programming almost. So I was really excited to like meet everyone, like meet you guys, which is really cool because I've watched like most of your talks and like, read your blogs and stuff. So this was really exciting for me. Excellent. Cool. What, what's been your favorite part of the conj so far? Probably the just the people, just the overall, just being in the same room with a bunch of closures, like closures, you know, because <laughs> it's not a very often time to do that. I think that's like my favorite part, and um, probably how much everyone's really into machine learning at this talk or this conch, which is kind of a like a new thing. I feel like uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very exciting. I I I really dig that too. Excellent. So, do you get to use Closure at, at, at your work, or? Um, so, I'm actually starting. Uh, I've been working on some Closure projects, so I don't have to use Python anymore. Um, so, I built a, a graphing library called uh, Jutsu, which is pretty cool. Um, it uses Plotly in the browser, and then I've been writing uh, a wrapper for Deep Learning 4J. So, yeah, I've been um, hopefully going to start using those in production. Excellent. And where can we, uh, mind spelling out the name of the library so yeah. our listeners can find them? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Uh, so Jutsu, uh, it, I got the name from a show called Naruto, um, right. which is kind of like Harry Potter but with ninjas. Um, so that's called J-U-T-S-U, and that's the graphing library. And then I have um, two other libraries called Jutsu.matrix, which is uh, the like matrix library, and then Jutsu.ai, which is the uh, wrapper for Deep Learning 4J. Um, and you can find them all on GitHub and also on ClojeJars. So, Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Sweet. So uh, it's it's sort of like a birthday, you know, for for Closure <laughs> this year. So if we're gonna wish happy birthday to Closure, like, is there, is there a specific part of Closure that you you personally um, are thankful for that you really like? So I would say the best thing about Closure for me is like Lisp and like functional programming and how valuable that has been to me um, as like a beginner programmer because uh, I got into Closure kind of early and then when I use other languages it was like I could just code so much better and like much more cleaner after using Closure even if they weren't functional like necessarily so it I think Closure's really taught me a lot uh, just like best practices and everything so yeah absolutely yeah it kind of changes the way you you think even about about programming yeah, totally um, that's, yeah, that's like fantastic. no objects anymore like delete it <laughs> <laughs> right excellent did you did you have anything else that you want to talk about or um i'm really excited about uh like dapps uh, it's like decentralized applications and i know some people are creating them using closure script uh so there's this group called like district ox and they're actually using closure script for most of their stuff so that's really cool i think um, like all the Ethereum like blockchain stuff like Web 3.0 is really cool so I think it's like really new and like exciting part of like kind of frontier and I hope like closure kind of gets in uh, early and I think we could be like really dominant force just because it's so powerful so excellent cool well 
thanks thanks again for taking the time to talk with us and yeah, well, be on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you. Thank you. Start with your name, Chris Hapgood. And who do you work for? I work for RoomKey. I'm the development manager. Oh, excellent. And what does what does RoomKey do? So, RoomKey builds a hotel search engine. It's a web-based hotel search engine um, that focuses on allowing consumers to book direct with the hotel, as opposed to the more well-known model of booking indirectly with um, a company that takes your credit card, like um, Expedia or Hotels.com. We allow you to book directly with. You know, Hilton, Hyatt, Holiday Inn, Best Western, Wyndham, all the hotels that you would expect to find on the big, what we call OTAs, online travel agents, but we put you in direct contact with them for your booking. In fact, we're owned by six of the biggest ones, and they are very eager to maintain a direct relationship with their customers instead of having a middleman. Excellent. So so what's how does that work for the user? They, they go to your site, they find a room, they click book, and it... They end up on the other the site for the right. So the the uh, the experience starts with giving us what we call the stay parameters: where, when, how many people, and then we and I'm using air quotes for this in real time. Go fetch rates from all of our partners. And there's about 16 of them, and we process their responses, which tend to come in as a big pile of XML or JSON, and we cache them and normalize them and feed them to a, a front-end application. And uh, we, at that point in the application, we're really just showing the lowest rate available, which is somewhat disingenuous, but everybody else does it. So we feel this obligation to show you the <laughs> lowest available room instead of the one you're likely to actually want. Um, and so that gets presented as what we call hotel cards, which is a card per hotel showing a picture, the rate, and um, the name of the hotel, the street addresses, is uh, on there as well, if I recall. And then the user picks the one he wants, clicks on that, and then you can see the details for the hotel, um, including the description of the room, inscription of the rate, which if you've picked the lowest one is probably, you know, must cancel six years in advance or you lose double your money, that kind of thing. And uh, if they do like it, they click on what we call the book button and they go off to the partner site. So, you know, they would go off to Wyndham.com to finish their booking and give Wyndham their credit card information. And it gives them the ability to you know, keep their uh, loyalty points with the hotel and that kind of thing. And, of course, have a direct relationship if they need to cancel the hotel room or upgrade it or move right. it or what have, what have you. Excellent. Cool. So uh, what conj number is this for you? <laughs> um, I've actually been trying to remember them all, and that's a bad sign. <laughs> but I think it's the sixth. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, after I started going, and I, I honestly can't remember what the first one was. It might have been Raleigh. I have only missed last year, and instead I went to, sorry, two years ago, and instead of going to the conjure, I went to Closure West. And uh, well, that was a you know, different experience, a little, bit, a little bit smaller, it seemed, but not that much smaller. But, hey, I got to go to Seattle, and that was exciting. And I've never really been to Seattle. And uh, I don't intend to skip any more conjures, and I don't think you're going to make an option for me now to go to Closure West, so yeah, expect to see me at the future ones as well. So uh, what, what is one of your favorite um, parts of this con or talks or? Um, well, Rich's keynote addresses are always exciting and I've, I've, some of them have hit me over the head a little harder than others and it's always nice going back uh, to Charlottesville and 
being able to reflect back on some of the profound things that you, you get out of that. And the simple versus easy one was great. And you know, some of the thinking that you see reflected in the, uh, the code, like spec or datomic, those, those things you get a little bit more insight when you're at the conj and can see Rich's passion up on the stage or disdain, as the case may be, for a particular um, technology. It, it gives you some confidence going forward that you know, this, this isn't a fleeting position it's it's reasoned it's passion and as uh, you know have some responsibility for the products we select at RoomKey and and seeing that really gives you some confidence also love the networking get to see people that I don't see outside of the con really and Charlottesville's not a, uh, a big city and so the closure developers there are kind of limited to my company and here I get to see a lot more closure developers and that's always nice yeah it's fantastic so um what would be uh, the one area of closure? Um, like, I don't know if you mentioned this. It's 10, 10 years of closure. Uh, what would be the one thing in closure that you're the most uh, uh, thankful for or right. just appreciate? Yeah. Right. Well, I found it really interesting in Rich's talk yesterday. He presented the uh, hierarchy of, and we were debating this last night at dinner, the hierarchy of things that he tackled mm -hmm. ranked by I think it was importance in um, a developer's workload. What are the things that that closure attempts to solve that are that's not really present in other languages, ranked by order of importance? And he pulled out the middle chunk and he put the uh, orders of magnitude of 10, 10, uh, 10 times more difficult and listed domain problems and 10 times more easy than this chunk of stuff. Well, the one that I find most exciting is actually the very bottom of the ones that he tried to tackle. So I guess um, somewhat easy, and, and that's concurrency. And at, at RoomKey, we do have this model where we're going to fetch um, lots of different rates in, again, air quotes for, for real time. And when I first started with Clojure, and this was uh, eight years ago, seven years ago, um, I came in from a, a Ruby environment, and that concurrency was, you know, I was uh, a little bit hesitant. How are we going to handle this? Where are we going to uh, deal with the locking? I was just getting familiar with Clojure at the time. And so I very quickly dove into the concurrency primitives in Clojure. And I was thrilled to find out how easy they were to use and how simple the work actually turned out to be. So um, that's probably the thing that I find most enjoyable in Clojure was, was that very first exposure to concurrency management. And it, and it really did change the way I thought about persistent immutable data structures. Absolutely. I, I, I mentioned a couple times in, in forums or whatever, and, and it's, it's not an exaggeration either. I think I've dealt with, with um, deadlocks once in the past six years, and that was when I was debugging something in Core Async that was right. really nasty. <laughs> anyway. there. Yeah, exactly. But it's true. And if you, if you write an idiomatic closure code, you just don't get concurrency that's, errors. That's pretty much it. And yeah. I went from a, a Ruby environment where I was struggling with concurrency issues to the, um, you know, the, the closure world with a much more complex problem. I mean, it wasn't just two or three database connections, and that's one of the things I was writing in, in Ruby. It was 16 different HTTP requests coming back asynchronously, all updating a common data structure, the, the cache, the in-memory cache, and I didn't even have to mention the word lock one time, really. Right, <laughs> it's right. just, uh, uh, I, I was very pleased with the way that turned out to be simple. And over the years, as I look back on that code, it really hasn't had to change that much. It has been 
pretty much untouched in six years. And it's working just as well now as it ever did, and the load has gone up on it substantially. That just works. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so is there anything that you're excited about right now that you want to talk about? Um, well, in, in the closure world, I think uh, spec is something that I'm looking forward to learning a lot more about and leveraging. Um, it's still it's still going to be tough finding the time to write specs in the beginning because I've, I've still got a little bit of that uh, you know steep climb in terms of learning. Um, I'm also going back to Datomic. I think um, Tim, perhaps you knew that RoomKey used to use Datomic. In fact, I would say it was probably in the earlier days of Datomic. Yep. And we had a project that used it, and I was only peripherally involved there, but we've uh, resurrected that project in some you know, somewhat slimmed down version, and we've decided to go back to Datomic for um, the data the data store. And I'm really excited by that because I've always been intrigued by the the model in, in Datomic, and I think it's a pretty good fit for this project. Better fit than for the first one we did mm -hmm. um, that, that didn't succeed, and that was due no fault of Datomics. So um, I'm really excited to get back into uh, you know, getting close to Datomic, and Spec's going to be coming down the road for us as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us. No problem. We appreciate it. Enjoy it. Thanks. All right, thanks. Great. Well, thank you very much. We'll start with your name. Um, I am Srihari, uh, Srihari Sriraman. I work for uh, Nelenzo. I work at Nelenzo. Excellent. And what does uh, Nelenzo uh, do? Uh, so Nelenzo is a uh, employee-owned cooperative uh, back in Bangalore, India. And we write closure for a living, mostly. <laughs> we mostly write closure. We write uh, Pure Script and Haskell and a few other things, but I guess we are uh, a consultancy primarily, but we also do bootstrap products from time to time. Oh, excellent. And so did you fly all the way out here from uh, Yeah, from um, we were um, in California for a week um, to meet our clients and um, other folk, friends from that area, and then we came over here. Uh, but yeah, mostly for the conch. Fantastic. It's probably the, the farthest anyone's traveled. I, mean, I know we have some Europeans here, but I, I think... I think, I, no, I met somebody from Singapore, so I don't know. Is no. That, is that, okay. Like, We're still farther south. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that's probably farthest east. Um, okay. My geography's yeah. not all that great. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a room without a map, uh, obviously, so that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So uh, what's been your favorite part of the conch so far? Um, or first of all, is this your first conch? No, it's not. Uh, I was there in uh, 2014 and in DC. That was my first conch. It was my first live Rich Hickey talk. I'm a fanboy, for what it's worth. Um, so my favorite experience at the conch is meeting people and finding out what they do in Clojure and how they're trying to do more of it. That's mostly it. And I, and I, and I really like talking to people uh, who have some hard problems, and then we go over, well, we exchange notes, that, that sort of thing, yeah. So you've also been the Euroclosure, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was at Euroclosure Bratislava. I, I gave a talk about mm -hmm. making machines that make music. Yeah, that's sort of my hobby thing. I synthesize uh, and, and, well, I try to synthesize and generate uh, Indian classical music using closure, overtone, all that. Yeah, it was a fantastic talk. I was there, so you can, uh, uh, if you if you want to look at it online, it was really good. Are you still still doing music? 
Uh, yeah, so um, if you'd followed the talk, uh, a lot of the uh, difficulty there is in getting a large data set to play with. Uh, so I'm working on that part of the problem, which is basically um, scraping the entire internet for uh, Indian music information. So that's also enclosure, but, but yeah, th that's going on on the side. It's an open source uh, project that you can find on the internet. Thanks. Um, so we're also kind of wishing happy birthday to Closure. Well, happy birthday, Closure. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is there a favorite, do you, do you have a favorite part of Closure that you um, feel connected to or especially like? Simplicity. Um, so a, a, few out of, a few things out of, um, well, I shouldn't stop with simplicity because, you know, it's just a word you throw out there. It's a buzzword or whatever. Um, so the things that um, fall out of simplicity that I really like are expression. So that's a lot of power. So for the last six to eight months, I've been writing Clojure script uh, for, for both browser and mobile. So that it's pretty incredible how expressively I can write mobile apps and drive them from the REPL. So that's been uh, quite a great thing. So I guess uh, recently, that's another fascination of mine. So that so, so I've been writing Clojure for about four years. Uh, three years of that, I've been writing Clojure for the backend. And then um, for, for about six to eight months now, I've been writing Clojure for the browser. And my experience was that um, at least I expected to be uh, overwhelmed with all the changes in the JavaScript world. And it feels like I've sort of you know jumped over the garbage years of JavaScript. And I've landed in the right place at the right time so I can just write Clojure, do whatever I was doing before, except and now uh, sort of full stack, you know, mobile and browser as well, with the same set of skills. I didn't do anything new. So that, so that feels great. Fantastic. So um, I'm fairly familiar with a lot of European companies that have been using Clojure and stuff too. What's, what's the story like of Enclosure in, in India then? Is there a... Is a Actually, um, the story of Clojure in India is, is quite old. So there was Runa, Runa India. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's where a lot of the closure community in Bangalore started. Um, it was Zruna, India. And uh, Amitra Thor and the people there um, s still do closure. I guess it's like uh, the forbidden fruit. Once you bite, you're, you're, you're <laughs> in. And then there's no coming out uh, mostly. So those people tend to work in closure. And, and they've uh, ever since just grown the community, I think. So uh, there, there was Zruna, India, and then... Uh, there's help shift and then there's us. Uh, we've been um, around for the last four years working with, um, well, we've worked with Sparks. We've, uh, now we have an Indonesian client um, and we also work with Quintype. Um, that's also, it also has a large Indian office. Um, the Indonesian company I'm talking about is Gojek. We, uh, we talked about it in the last uh, Euro closure uh, in, at, at Berlin. Um, so their engineering offices are also in India. There's Conquer, um, the expenses company. Right. Uh, they do closure and they have an office in India. Um, I guess that's about, and, and there are a few independent consultants, I guess. That's about it. And we need to get more out that way. There's, there's people yeah. who do closure in, in Australia and, and India and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, there is also uh, an Indian conference in Clojure. Oh, there is? Okay. There is. Uh, th there was an iteration of that in 2016, I believe. Um, and I'm sort of taking up uh, some of the responsibilities of organizing it for the next uh, year. So 
we have an enclosure 2018 in Jan 12 and 13. Oh, that's is great. That, is that the sort of thing that you say on the Cognicast? I don't know. No, no, no. no. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> great. I mean, uh, so, so you, what's the name the, of the, the conference? It's called Enclosure. Enclosure? Oh, Enclosure, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, no, I mean, we're always glad I mean, to hear about... You asked about the Indian community, so... No, 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 no please. We're always glad to hear about new conferences. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've remarked to coworkers several times that we... we kind of have conferences in every corner of the globe except for that one so we, we need we not us specifically but closure there are closure conferences there so yeah we need to we need the word out about yeah. that that's and great and i think it's yeah. it's like the maturity of closure right it's not it's it's just percolating all yeah. around the world now which is really nice to see yeah it is so anything else you would like to talk about anything that's got you excited uh that you just want to do a shout out or something yeah Of late, I've been working on uh, simulation testing. So um, there have been a couple of times in the past when I've built uh, a simulation testing suite for some of the services, um, and a couple of times the framework has been insufficient, um, majorly in the areas of ensuring sustainability for it. So it, it's hard to put simulation tests in CI because it's brittle. Uh, your services tend to be large, and even a small thing in the service that goes wrong can throw. Um, your build off and you don't want that um, and the other thing about simulation tests is that it's very hard to maintain and it usually requires one or two people on it full time so there's a lot of code um, so recently I've been working with Omniway um, a, a payments company in, in the Bay Area um, so with them I have um, been working on a framework for simulation testing which, which I'm hoping will be generic enough to extract out But what we've managed to do is try and solve both of these problems. So we derive um, the specification for the services from an API catalog that has schemas. So as the API moves, the schemas will also move. And so if you generate your inputs based on that, you don't have to maintain it, right? So one, that's one part of it. So the other part of it is um, ensuring that the part that needs to be maintained, the things that are domain specific, are easy to tweak. Um, so just ensuring that all the knobs uh, are in the right places and uh, it's all in a declarative way so that it's, it's easy to tweak when we do have to tweak and it doesn't need someone full time on it. Excellent. And you said the name of that that was that we should keep an eye out for. I'm just no, saying. No, no. Um, so it's still something that's sitting inside our domain-specific okay, code right, base. Right. It's not something I've pulled out yet, but I will do that soon. Yeah. Right. Well, drop us a line. Let us know. So Absolutely. Okay, so thank you very much for uh, taking time to come talk with us. We've enjoyed you having here on the uh, on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> This has been a Cognicast coming to you from the Conj. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Cognicast. The Cognicast is brought to you by Cognitech. We are a team of thoughtful, experienced technologists. Our passion is helping organizations from the smallest startups to the Fortune 50 deploy technology effectively and humanely. We are here to help you build better futures. You can find us on the web at Cognitech.com and on Twitter at, at Cognitech. 
You can subscribe to the Cognicast, listen to past episodes, and view cover art, show notes, and episode transcripts at our home on the web, Cognitech.com slash Cognicast. You can contact the show by tweeting at Cognicast or emailing us at podcast at Cognitech.com. Our guests this week were Lily Ga, who is Lily M. Ga on Twitter. That's L-I-L-Y-M-G-O-H. And Harley Swick, who is H-D-S-W-I-C-K on Twitter. And Chris Hapgood, who is at C-H-A-P-G-O-O-D on Twitter. And the person who got the last word from the 2017 Conj was Shigari Shiraman, um, who is at S-R-I-H-A-R-I-S-R-I-R-A-M-A-N on Twitter. And let me apologize if I've done real violence to anyone's name there. Our hosts this week were Karen Meyer, who is at GigaSquid on Twitter, that's at G-I-G-A-S-Q-U-I-D, and Tim Baldridge, who is at Tim Baldridge on Twitter, that's at T-I-M-B-A-L-D-R-I-D-G-E. Episode cover art is by Michael Parento. Audio production is by Russ Olson, Joe Smith, and Jarrett Binford. The Cognicast is produced by Kim Foster. Our theme music is Thumbs Up for Rock and Roll by Kill the Noise with Feed Me. I'm Russ Olson. Thanks for listening.